0: Are you ready? 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 Let's go! Don't you sometimes just want to talk about everything? You know, there's days when you can just talk, 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 about anything need to sit back and chat about nothing at all nothing but julie coming at you with fun and creative topics and interviews did you hear julie's podcast she's got the greatest topic come join the chat about everything anything and nothing so unwind and tune in to nothing but julie great topics and cool interviews with some pretty awesome people and now without further delay here's nothing but julie Hello and welcome to Nothing But Julie. I am your host, Julie Schrager. Thanks so much for joining me today. So, happy Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday to all of you. I do hope that you have a really great Thanksgiving. I know this year it might be a little different for many people. uh, And I hope that you're all uh, staying safe and uh, you are... Socially distancing yourselves and wearing masks and all that. Really just be safe and stay healthy during this time. We all just have to be a little bit more conscious and cautious of uh, what's been going on in this crazy world of ours. So thanks again for joining me. And, you know, I try and think of, you know, what are some topics that I can discuss? And and that is why I name my podcast a chat about everything, anything, and nothing, because sometimes I like to just ramble and kind of wing it and think, uh, you know, what's going to come to my mind? And then there are times when I really do have things that I want to discuss that I think are fun and important. Um, Right now, I am going to discuss uh, 20th century inventions. And the reason for this is I was actually thinking the other day about uh, my son playing lacrosse. And I have no idea how I started thinking about how did they even invent lacrosse and how did they come up with the lacrosse stick. And it just kind of made me start thinking about inventions and how certain things, you know, were invented and by whom and what the years were. So I thought it might be fun to discuss 20th century inventions and break it up into two parts and my next podcast will be 21st century inventions although we are only in 20 years but I was doing some research folks and there's quite a few inventions that have uh, you know been thought of in the 21st century so there are going to be a lot of things here that you're going to say what that was invented X amount of years ago and Maybe, you know, some of the ideas that people had with the invention. So I am going to start off in the early 1900s, 1901 to be exact, where the vacuum cleaner was invented. Does anybody know what the first vacuum cleaner was or what it even looked like? Yes, of course, I had to do some research, but apparently... And and a lot of you might say Hoover. And if you did, then you are correct. Because that's the first thing I thought of too. But I wasn't sure if I was correct. But um, he, uh, the, the man who invented Hoover uh, was James Spangler. He actually had this idea for an electric broomstick-like cleaner. Uh, and he apparently had asthma. So he thought oh, you know, I could put cloth filters and I can, you know, add like a bag to collect dust with like a long handle. And he decided to sell his invention to William Hoover. And that was in the early 1900s. Again, he um, thought of the idea in 1901, but it was sold to Hoover in 1908 and it was by far the first domestic... Um, invention for cleanliness or, or cleaning the floor, um, and it kind of it kind of went from you know everybody would use a broom like a regular broom, but then you had to collect it all. You know what's a really great idea? You know to possibly come up with. And he thought of this idea, and it's amazing. You know, over a hundred years ago, he thought of this this practicality. For people. And um, apparently Hoover had a a factory in Britain. And um, he had these machines that, uh, you know, were able to produce high-end, at that time high-end, uh, products. But, you know, at the time people didn't know too much about vacuum cleaning or what a vacuum cleaner was. Um, so after he sold this to Hoover, you know, Hoover started coming out with so many different prototypes and and models. And it just became like a household uh, essential, I would say. Um, you know, it was kind of more like a leisure type thing for most homeowners, you know, and now today, you know, many of the vacuum cleaners come with our home or we have the iRobot or, or um, other types of vacuum cleaners like the iRobot uh, and ones that have HEPA filters I mean it has really just changed since the early days but that's all you need is an idea and an invention and guess what even though it's been over 100 years it's still the same idea Um, I'm just going to go through the list and just like talk about the ones that I think are important I'm not going to like go over each one Um, okay so in 1902 the air conditioning system was invented. Pretty cool. 1902. Because sometimes I'll say to my husband, stupidly enough, you know, when was electricity created? You know, I won't know. If I want to think about, <clears throat> you know, let's say, the vacuum cleaner. Well, I mean, I have to know when electricity was created or invented before, you know, the vacuum cleaner. Duh. Okay. Okay. So apparently, um, um, in 1903, and I'm not going to go through every single year, but it's just kind of cool. In 1903, the electrocardiogram was first invented. And shortly thereafter, tea bags were invented. I never even thought about that. And then uh, I'm going to say from 1900 to 1910, these are the things that were pretty prominent that were invented. Um, let's see plastic. A silencer for guns. Wow. Um, Radio. Radio was actually, let's see, that was in 1906. And then you had the washing machine, uh, water coolers, paper cups. And this is pretty cool, too. The assembly line production. That actually started, or was invented, rather, in 1908. And the Model T, which was the first affordable car, Pretty cool to know that. Um, okay, so let's go into the next ten years of inventions: nineteen eleven to nineteen twenty. Stenotype machines. You know what stenotype machines are? I actually know stenography because I went to Katherine Gibbs. Uh, you know where it was part of the curriculum. Actually, not mine was like um, speed writing. It wasn't steno. It uh, wasn't stenotype. It, it kind of. Um, Took off from the idea of stenotype, uh, but the stenotype is like a, a machine that it kind of looks like um, a typewriter, and it, it it records speech in in like syllables, and I mean that is uh, very close to like what a transcriber looks like. That many um, what are they called men or women that do uh, do that in uh, court? I mean maybe they're just a, a, considered a transcriber. Um, but you actually need to be trained in transcription, you know, so so what you do is you're basically recording what people are saying and then you are going to take this machine uh, that has like multiple keys that you press like simultaneously and it spells out whole syllables and words and, and phrases with like a single motion by listening to the recordings. So, When I went to uh, Catherine Gibbs, I learned about speed writing, which is basically words uh, put into symbols and um, certain characters. So, well, this is really important. Ecstasy. 1913, ecstasy was invented. Wow. Okay. Crossword puzzles, hair dryers in 1920, and submachine guns. Now I wonder what the submachine guns were invented for, unless somebody just invented it. I didn't really um I didn't really look that up, but I can right now. I'm gonna see. Okay. So it says that well, I know I know exactly what it is, but I really would like to know what submachine guns were for. Okay, let me see. I I'm sure it was the military but I would like to know exactly it says here um according to wikipedia that it was developed during world war 1 uh as close quarter offensive weapons I'm quoting this from wikipedia mainly for trench raiding um and during world war 2 millions of submachine guns were made for use by regular troops and commandos and it says after the war, submachine gun designs appeared frequently. Well, so there you go. I had a feeling it was they were developed for the war. Um, okay, next ten years, 1921 to 1930. Insulin was invented, and then after that, I'm, I, I can't wait till I get to like the ones that I really really want to talk about. Um, hearing aids, frozen food, 1924, frozen food was invented uh and then 1925 television so that is what i really want to talk about um i I did some research on the television and i just i mean we all know what it is uh however i wanted to you know get a little bit more into it than you know just the apparent reason um so let me talk about television, how it was invented, when it was invented, and all that other good stuff. So the, the most, <coughs> excuse me, when I think about television, I think about the world that we live in today and how things have changed. We still have to watch TV or streaming or videos or whatever it might be. We still have to watch it on some kind of a screen, whether it's a TV screen, an iPad screen, an an iPhone screen, you know, all different screens, screens computer screen. But the same premise of TV is still there. And it's the fact of seeing, I guess, multiple images. Um, So, I mean, people talk about that the actual TV, when it was first invented actually destroyed brain cells and it, that it made people, you know, damaged mentally uh, and psychologically. But, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, the boob tube. I don't think that anybody really, by looking at it, is going to, like, reduce brain cells unless what they mean is uh, you're, you're not using your brain and that's why it could be destroying brain cells and, and watching certain programming can be emotionally and psychologically damaging um but still where would we be today lots of people love to stream lots of people love to watch certain tv shows and movies and because of covid lord knows everybody is uh taking advantage of all of that and what better way to watch it through a tv whether it's a flat screen tv or a computer doesn't matter it's like um It's like a built-in babysitter and for those moms and dads out there, come on, you know that even though you might have said that you were not going to use the TV as a babysitter, we all did, me included, guilty. Uh, So, one of the great things about it, besides babysitting your child when you needed a bit of a break or to cook or whatever it was, it's a a great source for for news, uh, entertaining or entertainment. Uh, I think it's Great for teaching. how to do certain things like YouTube. Um, but it, it, I do definitely think that it is useful. I think that if you use TV, um, you know, like, you, you don't. It, okay, I'm I'm losing my words. Moderation is key. All right, I think watching TV. I think uh, using it for educational reasons is great. But you also need to be, you know, active and not, you know, sit on your behind all day. But the, do you remember some of those, like, shows where you would see people just, like, once a night or, or once a week waiting for that, like, one TV show and the family all gathered together and watched the same show? Ugh, oh, I tell you. Never really did that with my parents that much, but um, apparently it was a, a Scottish inventor uh, who employed the Nipkow disk in his prototype video systems. Uh, again, getting this from Wikipedia, but in 1925 he gave um, a demonstration of these images, these motion, these images in motion. Uh, at a certain department store in London, but apparently, you know, some of the, the the human colors did not have very good contrast, and so that is when he he did a um a, a televised uh, production of um of a, a dummy, a ventriloquist's dummy, and he apparently pasted uh, painted the. Uh, the dummy in, like, more contrasted colors. Uh, and after apparently f- filming or televising that, uh, it showed, well, I should also say, you know, talking and moving and all that other stuff, but he, um, about a year later, you know, he was able to see all the errors and the mistakes, and he then did another um, like, in-face kind of motion. And uh apparently at this time he was able to use certain disks that had like lenses and apparently it like swept images across a a cell like a photo cell and that the light that was reflecting from the subject converted it into like an electrical signal it's all kind of scientific but cool at the same time to you know to read about how it was invented uh And then apparently in 1928 the television broadcast its very first signal between London and New York. Mm, That's pretty cool. Uh, And then uh, a man by the name of Jenkins, he was an American inventor. He also pioneered the television in the States, in the United States. And it was all about transmitting images for witnesses to 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 see, and it goes on and on and on. But apparently, uh, I think it was in Japan. I'm not too sure. Um, someone had demonstrated a television that had uh, like a a certain line resolution. Anyway, all this is kind of boring to me and I want to stop talking about it. But it it was a prototype that uh, was even better than all of the other ones. And so that is television. I'm not, I mean, I'm really not, I don't want to go through all of Wikipedia and, 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 you know, how they went from monochrome to color and and digital and all of that. Um, But... Here we are in the, in the advent of smart TVs, you know, digital television, which I have to tell you, I love. I love it. I love watching my Netflix and Hulu and um, Prime Video and, and On Demand. And they didn't have this when I was a kid in the 80s. <clears throat> they had first started cable and HBO when I was a kid. So all of these advances are just going to keep coming. It's hard to think of what else they could come up with, but... The technology we have today is going to be considered to be very old in another year or two. Uh, okay. So let us move on into the le- the middle part of the century. No, we're not in the middle part of the century. I want to also mention <clears throat> that uh, penicillin and the jet engine were also invented in 1930. So let's go from 30 to 40. Okay. And one of the most important inventions was the razor, the electric razor. That's pretty cool, too. Um, and continuing on, it was also the wheelchair and the cat eye makeup. I have to you know, try doing that again. It looks good on me, but I just don't know how to do it. So I don't do it. <laughs> And I know it looks good on me because I've had it done maybe twice, and I remember it looked good. So, Uh, electric guitar in 1935, and the electric blanket 1936, and ending out the decade, helicopters were invented. All right. So, from the 1940s to the 1950s, we started to get dramatically better when it came to inventions, Uh, and. not so. Let, let me rephrase that. Not so much better, but more advanced, which might seem better. But when I bring up the first one, you're going to know what I mean by you know it's, it's not better in all situations. Which is nuclear power. And that's kind of like um, what the steam power was like in in the 19th centuries. Um, a huge game changer. Uh, it. it... It was it was like an alternate at the time and still is, but at the time it was an alternate power source, um, and the difference between that and steam power was it was it was much more efficient, uh, and it could virtually change things overnight. Um, but don't forget, it is a two-edged sword, in that you that. That source, that nuclear power source, is also destructive. And when they're used as weapons. Uh, and I think about, I forget the name of the TV or the movie that I saw when I was younger. And it was, a, I think it was like the, the day after, but it was when a nuclear bomb had gone off and you can see all the smoke and it's it scared the shit out of me because it was like seeing the world coming to an end right in front of you. So that's how I always viewed nuclear power uh but it's it's also very radioactive um and there are some areas especially do you guys remember chernobyl? uh it's uninhabitable now and I think three or maybe four, I I don't know if they are called cages, but these buildings have been built over the original Chernobyl. And we might be up to the third or fourth one. And as each one is created, uh, it becomes more efficient and can last longer. And I believe that one was just built or one is being built which does not have to be, uh another one does not have to be built after this, I think, for a hundred years. So, that's good, but the bad thing is what happened at Chernobyl and the explosion. And, you know, that was a travesty, and that's why I say that nuclear power can be good and it can be the bad. I have a fear of nuclear power. You know, the destruction of it all. Uh, But I I also think that the fear of nuclear power has maybe prevented us going into another war because of the destruction it can have. You know, I mean, if you if you're going to operate nuclear power safely, then that's a big difference. You know, when they've got a lot of nuclear power plants that that are uh, incredible and they're a wonderful energy source um, to power cities, but. You know, are we going to take advantage of that and ultimately use that as a weapon? I really hope not, because that could really be devastating. So after the nuclear reactor was built, we then come into a kidney dialysis machine was invented. That was in 1944. And then in 1945, the nuclear bomb. Isn't that nice? Hey, atomic power. Very scary stuff. Anything that you know is is like I I nuclear an atom bomb, it, it scares the shit out of me. Uh and apparently um that was like back in what 1945 I think I said, uh it It it, 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 oh my god I remember reading I think it was uh, one of my history classes in um, high school when it's the first atom bomb target was in Hiroshima and I mean the amount of power that it had was incredible Uh, and Hiroshima was flattened and i remember reading about this thinking my god an, an entire city gone <clears throat> i mean I, I my question is how do they have such explosive power one one bomb i'm so curious about that i know that they made advances before 1945 and i know that they they used uh, uranium and neutrons uh I don't know too much about the atom bomb, um, and I don't know too much about the the, the, the physics that go behind it, uh, but I know that it's also very scary. And it's not something that I really like to talk about because it, it, it's scary enough as it is. But let us move on from the atom bomb, okay? I don't know. It just... It makes me a little nervous. There's so much technology and so many new inventions and enhancements on these inventions that it's it's become very scary to me. Uh, the microwave oven was in 1946, but you know, it wasn't until like the mid-1990s or the early 1990s where like we actually used microwave ovens, right? But yet they were... Invented in the 40s. I can't believe this one. That a bikini. Was also. Invented. And so was Tupperware. Tupperware and Tupperware parties. I think. You know we still have Tupperware parties. Today. And. I've never gone to one. But I do like Tupperware. I do like storage units. I should say. <laughs> uh let's see artificial intelligence and mobile phones in 1947 took a while after that for them to really become wireless phones for us <laughs> excuse me with cell towers and all that uh frisbees and contact lenses and uh, Credit cards moving on to the middle of the 20th century. The contraceptive pill, dun dun dun. dun. Oh, the controversy over that. Uh, let's see, the transistor radio and um, polio vaccine that's always pretty awesome. When you get a vaccine, like we should be getting fairly soon for COVID. Uh, really hope it does work. Uh, the videotape recorder, video games, seatbelts for cars, and the pacemaker. I'm getting all of this from um, historylearningsite.co.uk. It's really a great site for all different kinds of inventions for the, the 20th century, um, 1960s to the 70s, man in space, 1961. And then, of course, one of the most important inventions, I think, the lava lamp came in 1963. <laughs> I recently saw on TikTok how to actually make a lava lamp and I don't remember how, but it, it it included some kind of oil, maybe like a mineral oil, food dye, and all that. Um, okay, so moving on, the pocket television was invented in 1966. Can you imagine being one of the first ones to have a pocket television? You know, every time something new comes out, uh, a new invention or something that's been hyped, it's so cool to kind of you know, be able to afford to get it and to have it. Um, But like I said, you know, things today are going to be obsolete in in a year or two from now. Uh, So anyway, what's really cool, too, is uh, in the 1960s, late in the uh, I'm sorry, 1968, the artificial heart was invented. And in 1970, LED and LCD lights. Pretty cool. So moving on. Into the 70s and 80s, many of you might remember these actual inventions coming out, whereas prior to these years, I don't remember them being invented because I wasn't born. I know they were invented, but... I was born in 69, so I do know about a lot of these inventions. Um, floppy disk, right away, bam. I didn't know that it was invented in the 1970s. I thought it was introduced like in the 1980s or, or, or the early 1900s, but it was invented. It didn't mean that like we used them back then. Uh, and, of course, right now they're totally obsolete. And, of course, for many, many people, this amazing invention of Prozac, was invented, a disposable lighter. Pretty cool. Barcodes. Barcodes? 1973? Huh. The personal computer came out in 1975. And then in vitro fertilization and the MRI came out. And then uh, one of the most important um, inventions that came out in 1980 was uh, an import, an abortion pill and the hepatitis B vaccine. And so moving on into the latter part of the 20th century, the 1980s space shuttle, 1981. Pretty cool that the space shuttle was invented back then. I, I, I Again, I thought that that was something that was earlier, but uh, Macintosh computer, 1984. And then disposable contact lenses, which, oh, I I don't use contact lenses, but I know a lot of people that do. And let me tell you, some people I know, well, many people I know actually love, love disposable contact lenses. I think that my mom might be one of the only ones that does not have disposable contact lenses. Um, And the World Wide Web. So you see, like, slowly... More types of computer, computer programs accessing computers uh, start to come out. Like I said, nineteen eighty four Macintosh came out. So nineteen eighty nine, the World Wide Web, and then pretty cool. Uh, in nineteen ninety, the Hubble Telescope came out. We there are some things uh, that I that I'm looking on this website that were not mentioned that are you know really. Uh, I would think in important inventions uh let 's start with the airplane. The airplane was invented uh I actually doesn't say when, but I can find that out I, I i know that it was at some point, I think what was it maybe, oh God, come on, the actual um not amelia earhart um airplane, but uh, I think like commercial airplanes um would be something to kind of i I know that the the invention was probably by the Wright brothers, which was like forever ago i i can 't remember what was that um the in uh, i don't remember i I would have to say possibly in the early nineteen hundreds um And the question is always, I've always wanted to know, like, who actually invented it? Uh, And from what I read, uh, it was someone by the last name of Dumont um, and uh, maybe somebody else who actually invented um, the airplane. But also, when was the first airplane invented and why? Uh, And again, I was talking about the Wright brothers they are the ones who saw these like primitive type of, of airplanes that that needed more updating you know they lacked control and um, I, they put one together uh, and they were able to kind of figure out how to balance an airplane in flight that's pretty cool um, but As far as commercial um, airplane um, invention, mm, I don't know too much about that. Again, I can look that up. And I'm actually on my computer, and and I see that in 1914, it says the first scheduled passenger airplane did take off. Um, And this is according to space.com. And apparently this happened in my neck of the woods. Uh, It happened in Tampa. And that apparently paved the way for today's flights. Pretty cool. All right. (coughs) Let's talk about the automobile. The automobile. Do you ever watch um, 16 Candles with uh, Molly Ringwald? the guy was like automobile where's my automobile anyway i love that movie all right automobile so apparently this is something that was developed in Europe um that i believe was invented back in the 19th century but it didn't become a reality until the 20th century but when it did you know there used to be the um, the horse and buggies um and just like anything new, other things started to phase out. So the horse and buggy became almost obsolete uh, and people started purchasing automobile. And apparently uh, that was also when they became aware of how to pave roads because they just had dirt roads to allow for these cars to ride on. So, and I'm assuming at some point there was asphalt that was invented, you know, all these little things that you have to think about. Like, yeah, okay, so you have a car, but you need asphalt and wheels. So who invented the wheel and who invented this? Um, but it, it made it possible for goods and services to be able to now be brought in, not only more efficiently, but, but uh, quicker, Um, otherwise it it might have been an an impossible means to get Um, but also I want to delve into Henry Ford Uh, you know he was the the first one with the Ford assembly line production and he is was known for you know um, styles that were affordable um, to uh, the, the everyday average person and um you know, the great thing back then, obviously, uh, which is just as great today, is it helped, you know, gain more personal freedom uh, and to get from point A to point Z without it taking a year and a day. Um, so uh, it was a really good invention. I love cars, and my, my son loves cars. He's loved cars since he was a kid. He actually works at a dealership. Uh, okay, another thing I wanted to touch base on, is rockets in the 20th century. So um, even, I mean, I know that rockets were, were invented and were used in China like two, 3,000 years ago, um, but it wasn't until the 20th century that it became something other than like a weapon uh, for armies, and it became really big and really powerful and yeah they were used for weapons of war um but it was a means of us being able to access space <clears throat> and you know without rockets we wouldn't have been able to go to the moon uh or visit the solar system um and what about the satellite disks and satellites that we have? I mean, how do you think they get there? By rockets. I uh, I know that maybe you forget, but when you want directions on where to go, or you want to know, you know what tomorrow's weather's going to be like, well, how do you think you get it? You get all that through the satellite in space. Uh-huh. Like I was saying before, even though you have new inventions, there's other things that come of that as well. So, anyway, that's pretty cool. Okay, and the other one that I want to talk about is submarines. Yeah, this was invented in in the... um, I I think it was actually invented in the 1800s, but I believe that it did not come to fruition or really uh become capable of operation until the the twentieth century. I always had a fascination with submarines you know i I would probably never want to go in one because i 'm tight- ty- i 'm scared of tight quarters and i don't know i get a I, I get a weird feeling knowing that i 'm so many feet under the water um but it's it 's not like a submersible um it it's something that is um used for reasons of war and they do still exist today it, it it's it's like a boat not like a ship uh but like i was saying i i think that um it was uh, not i think i i did research during the 1900s the early 1900s uh, the first the, the submarine was used for world war 1 um, and in many navies, uh, my dad was actually in the Navy too. Uh, he was not in a sub, but, uh, you know, when you think about what it is that they're used in, what part of the military, well, you, it's the Navy. Uh, and it was used in World War One, like I said, and it, it's used for... Attacking you know the opposing team, basically uh and I had mentioned earlier about you know nuclear bombs, and there are nukes that are on these submarines, not all, but some it's a very powerful weapon, um but people like scientists also use marines marines submarines for Um, you know let's say like the Titanic they want to explore they want to see coral reefs they want to see ships that have sunk Um, so they're there for I guess special functions and were most definitely more widely used you know in wartime Uh, but they are still around and uh, I, I don't know really what it's used for today uh, I would think that it might have something to do with maybe like covert operations you know like special operations uh, I I also think I, I remember reading forever ago something about the British developing like a, a, a torpedo or like the, I think they were the ones that Maybe invented sonar. I'm not, I'm, I don't know. I'm not too sure about that. But they do carry nuclear weapons and they are able to stay concealed instead of being like out in the open. For all you know, when you're in the ocean one day, you know, let's say you're on a boat and you decide you want to go for a swim, you never know. A few hundred feet under you could be a submarine. You never know. All right. I've got two more I want to talk about, and the next one is antibiotics. So important. Although I know that there are lots of people that are against antibiotics, um, they really do help in, in many situations. I'm actually allergic to um, penicillin, and I didn't know that until I broke out in a rash. All right, so let's take a look at antibiotics. Antibiotics. Penicillin, it says here, I'm looking at a website, penicillin cures gonorrhea in four hours. Wow. Four hours, huh? So apparently it was Alexander Fleming who discovered penicillin in the early 1900s, in the, uh, I think in the latter part of the 20s. Um, you know, back then, if, if you got sick, I mean, they, and they didn't have antibiotics then, I mean, most likely you would perish, you would die, Um, and so once antibiotics came out, it it was a, a wonderful invention. Um, apparently, many antibiotics were also fatal. Uh, yeah, I guess they had to get the kinks out, but a whole range of other antibiotics, you know, came on the market. Um, but you know, again, there can be adverse reactions to it. But the mortality rate was reduced. So people had a longer lifespan. Uh, so it it really was a wonderful invention. We still use antibiotics today. I can't ever see that ever ending. Um, so there, there's also a lot of diseases that no longer come around be, because of it. Uh but I always find it fascinating to read about certain things that nobody ever thinks about, like when, when we're antibiotics, you know, invented. I think that, you know, the fact that serious diseases killed people, what like the plague or ty- typhoid, something. I remember reading about that? That killed people. I mean, that people died because of it. I mean. So anyone that thinks that antibiotics aren't good, you're wrong. They're really good. Um, you know, there's one particular antibiotic that might be good for a plethora of ailments. Um, so again, this was invented in the 20th century. And all different type of uh, bacteria that we all have, that now today there's so many antibiotics that can help each and every one of us. Um, But again, they're used to uh, treat bacterial infections, not viruses. Okay, you should all know that. You can't treat a virus except not with antibiotics. Um, Only bacterial infections. So more and more are coming out on the market. And and unfortunately, before antibiotics, many, many, many children with um, meningitis, bacterial meningitis, died. Um, but those that lived had debilitating, um, you know, future, uh, disabilities, I would say, um, uh, years and years ago, strep throat was a fatal disease and ear infections would sometimes spread from the ear to the brain, but now they have antibiotics and penicillin. Like I was saying before, who was, it was, um, invented by Fleming, he actually worked in St Mary's Hospital in London. Uh, and he was able to experiment on bacteria. Uh I think it's something about kill killing mold, but well, anyway. It's it, it could be much longer than this, and I don't want to get into it and bore you. Uh but yes, antibiotics. Got to tell you, if you're going to take antibiotics, make sure that you Add probiotics to your diet because you can get another infection. And lastly, the Internet. So, of course, you have to have the computer first in order to have the Internet, right? Okay. So, guess what? All those people that learned stenography, they don't have to use it anymore. They could use the computer for it. And even better, get information on the internet. Ha ha! Let me tell you something. I think that the internet is one of the greatest gifts that we have ever been given. But it has made us a lot impatient, I think. Um, Back in the 60s, which late 60s is when I was born, uh, apparently Uh, the Department of Defense in the United States, they had funded this advanced research project uh, to allow many different computers to communicate in one network. And about three months before I was born, a company was able to deliver a message uh, from one computer to another. And that message was "Login." that's <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, and so obviously techno technology kept growing. and then more scientists came on board, and it was scientists that actually developed the i p addresses, the Internet Protocol. And that is, you know, that's like a bunch of numbers, you know, like 192 dot, you know, 15 dot, whatever, dot, whatever. Um, and that is used for um, the, the transmission of data um, between different networks. So um, uh, this company was called um ARP, ARPAN ARP, Ar, ARPANET, ARPANET. They adopted the... IP and the TCP back in 1983 and they were then able to kind of come up with network of networks it's pretty cool and that became the internet and the online world would never be the same but it wasn't truly until I would say the 90s that it really kind of uh, came to fruition where another inventor invented the world wide web. Which is confused by the way with the internet. Because the web is is just a, a means of accessing like online data. Like in the form of websites versus the internet. Which is what gets you onto the World Wide Web. <laughs> which just completely popularized the internet and we are all hooked on it. And With that has come, uh, I would say, a lot of impatience uh, and a lot of people knowing that they have immediate access to information. And I think I mentioned this once before in in one of my other podcasts that people can kind of get a little obnoxious with technology and challenge you on things that you said. You know, like if I say, oh, you know, the weather... It's going to rain all next week. And the person that I'm out with would say, oh, no, I didn't hear that. And instead of saying, oh, really, I did, and then the conversation moves on, that person will take out their iPhone and check. Check the weather. People like that make me crazy. Not only do they have to prove me wrong, but they have information in their back pocket. And I was saying with Rhonda, uh, who hosts Thursday Thoughts with me, that people have lost a lot of patience because you can just get information in the snap of a finger. And a lot of adults are starting to lose patience because they too can access this. But, you know, shame on you. Shame on you adults of of the the late 60s and 70s of when you were born. You know better. We have had the opportunity to not only experience life without this form of technology, but life with it. So we need to remember what it was like before we had it, you know, and remember that there were times when we were bored and we actually had to be creative on what to do with ourselves, right? We had no choice. So let's all remember that we all need to be a little patient with one another in today's world, I think. I think it's really important that we all adopt a little bit of patience, even a little bit, just to help us all get through the shit because even if you're having an amazing day, well, tomorrow night might not be so amazing and the person that might be standing in line next to you might be having one of those bad days. And instead of being a jerk, be nice, be kind because what about if you were having a bad day the next day? Wouldn't you want someone to be kind for you? I think so. Anyway, I'm looking forward to spending a very quiet and small Thanksgiving with my family. This year we are not seeing my parents, uh, which makes me sad. But I know that uh, there's a reason and I have to accept it and just know that things are going to be different for many, many people this year. And we're all going to get through it. So I do wish you a very, very, very happy Thanksgiving uh, tomorrow. And I all wish you health and happiness and safety. Enjoy the rest of your week until next week. You can catch me on any social media platform under the name Nothing But Julie. And please subscribe to my podcast and leave me an amazing review even if you thought that This podcast was boring. I truly appreciate you.